Good afternoon, everyone. And this is Andy Caruza with Nacho Nacho. And today we have Leah Edwards with Lighter Capital. And without further ado, we'd love to dive into non-dilutive funding and uh, hear from her and her, her vast experience on the subject. Well, thank you. Thank you, Andy. It's really wonderful to be here and to be able to help make more people aware that non-dilutive funding is an option for helping to scale startups. Yep. And we'd love to learn about Lighter Capital and uh, what you guys do over there. We provide non-dilutive funding that is extremely founder friendly. We provide up to three year terms. That's the most common kind of funding so that the monthly repayment is very modest. It also changes with your cash receipts so that we're really helping you optimize your cash flow. We do not require any founder guarantees and any warrants. So founders keep full control and full options, whether they want to take equity financing in the future or whether they want to scale completely, uh, keeping all the equity inside the founding team. We support all those options and control. That's perfect. As an entrepreneur myself, uh, you know, I love hearing about uh, you know, those kind of options where you don't have to give away an arm and a leg, especially at the early early stages of the company. I mean, cash flow is king for one, and two, you want to be able to hold on to as much equity as possible as you grow your company and de-risk it. Um, so, I guess uh, what what can an entrepreneur expect if they're going out to look for non-dilutive funding? You know, what do you guys usually look for, and uh, what do you guys usually require to bring them on board and start working with them? It's really very simple. We're primarily looking at the financial performance of a company. We can fund companies that have been incorporated for less, well, a year, I guess I would say is the cutoff. And we need six months of revenue history, but that's pretty minimal in terms of getting started. And we look at the way the company is set up to be run. So we're looking for companies that have at least 50% gross margin. And if you're a growing company with high margins and you're gaining customers and are not having a lot of churn and are reducing your customer concentration, we can fund you. That's great. Yeah. Especially for a lot of the SaaS companies that follow our community. So <laughs> sounds like it's right up their alley. Um, I guess what would be the, uh, you know, spitballing here, what would be the minimum requirements? You know, say we have a lot of founders, uh, you know, th that are in our community and they might ask, you know, do I qualify for this? You know, what's what's the minimum requirements that you would say? I mean, six months of, of revenue, uh, what, what could they expect as a minimum to be able to qualify for that? Well, we can actually extend a term sheet to companies that have about, say, 180K ARR. I encourage you to speak with me even if you're earlier than that so that we can sort of set you up and tell you exactly when we would be able to fund you because we are looking at every situation on a case-by-case -case basis. But we are very, very much looking at how the financials operate. You know, what is the structure of the company? Is the company set up to scale? Venture capital has its place. I was a VC partner before this. I'm still an angel investor. You know, I very much believe there are situations where you need an equity investor to invest in the long haul, mm -hmm. particularly if you don't have great product market fit yet. But if you just need working capital, if you know how to get your customers and you just need some money to go out and do marketing, maybe add some more sales staff, 
that kind of situation, you're paying too much if you're using equity financing for that, because equity financing, you know, maybe it, it is equivalent to 50% a year. You don't know. I mean, when you get to an exit and you have less than 100% of your company when you're at the exit, that's when you know how much that equity costs you. And it's super important when you have a real situation, you know, a heavy lift to really build a product, that type of thing, but it's not the right price to pay when you just need working capital. Yeah. And it's a tough fundraising environment right now too. So you go out there and, uh, you, you know, you might actually give away an arm <laughs> to raise some money for your, for your company. Yeah. We have quite a number of companies coming to us right now in that bridging moment because we help you choose when you want to go for a priced round. And that's why I call it, we're giving people options by providing this funding because we can help you have extra cash on the books when you do want to go for an equity round. We can help you get a lot more marketing and sales going so that you are demonstrating high velocity in your revenue at the time you want to go for a priced round. So there's lots of ways that we are not just helping you in the moment not dilute yourself, but we can help you in the future just really manage your cap table and really plan for the optimal cash into the company with the minimal dilution over time. That sounds fabulous. Um, so what got you started in your career? It sounds like you've been around, you've been around the funding space for a long time. Uh, you mentioned VC. Uh, how does that compare with what you do now? And you know, I'd love to learn more about your experience in the past. Well, I actually started um, in the, as being a, co-founder you know i i was on my first venture back team in 1997 so nice. i've been here in silicon valley forever and i just had the most amazing time i had two business degrees at that moment but wasn't sure business was right for me as soon as i got into a founding team i knew i found my place it was so much fun i found it to be the most creative kind of career you could have and I love the camaraderie working with a small team. And I just, I just was in love and I've stayed in the ecosystem in every possible way. Since then, I frequently advise in accelerator programs. I teach at UC Berkeley. I used to direct the center for entrepreneurial studies in the business school at Stanford. I am an angel investor. I've been an advisor to many, many startups and then a VC and then I found out about Lighter Capital, which, you know, I had been in the ecosystem forever and was pretty shocked. About 18 months ago, Melissa Widner, who is the CEO of Lighter, came through San Francisco and came to an investor's dinner. And I thought, how did I not know about revenue-based financing and Lighter Capital? Lighter's 14 years old. Oh, wow. Lighter has done so many financings, has helped. Within a few months of meeting her, Lighter had a position open and I really wanted to join because I really feel passionate about helping founders access cash. I mean, I love being a VC partner, but you have to say no an awful lot. Whereas at Lighter, we can say yes to any company that is based in the US, Canada and Australia 
that has 50% gross margin and good financials showing the strength of the business, we can fund them and we can fund them fast. So I, I'm having a lot of fun doing this. It's easy to make a lot of friends, I bet. <laughs> yeah, so it's good to see non-dilutive financing really take off. I mean, I've known about it for years at a hardware company before. And you know, as I mentioned prior to you, uh, uh, you know, before the call here, um, you know, cash flow was king, right? And having to store inventory and all that. And that's how I kind of came across it. But as I go out to so many events, I talk to a lot of other entrepreneurs and a lot of them just aren't aware of non-dilutive financing yet. Everybody's thinking, VC, VC. So the VCs just get inundated with so many requests, whereas there might be a way to where people can uh, raise non-dilutive finance and kind of get to that next stage to where they have, you know, more uh, terms that I guess will work in better favor for the company at, at the right time and place to actually raise money. Absolutely. The most important thing to do as a startup founder is to not run out of money. Mm -hmm. It unfortunately happens that really good companies with amazing teams and good products and customers that want what they have run out of cash. And yeah. it is super, super unfortunate because there was so much value potential there. And so one of the things I really love doing is just get to talk to startup founders. I'm doing a lot of education about accounting lately and a lot on forecasting and just helping people be stronger in that area of their business so that they are not one of the unfortunate that run out of cash. Yeah, I've seen it far too many times. Um, so I guess, uh, what are some other pit pitfalls for fundraising that companies should be aware of? Um, you know, including raising money for VCs and <laughs> from VCs and giving up too much of the company. Uh, what else should uh, entrepreneurs be wary of? Well, definitely do not wait too long. So I do a lot of presentations about raising venture capital, and I always encourage people to create relationships with the VCs that they ultimately would like to be fund funded by. It's really hard for anybody to fund a company just on the first meeting. I mean, usually if that ever, ever happens, it's for maybe a founder or a co-founder duo that has had a successful exit in the past and just comes with such an amazing track record that a potential investor meets them and gets to know the new idea and just feels confident. But yeah. most often when you're meeting a startup team, it really is for the first time. And there are just so many unknowns about the potential success. And so if a investor can watch you over time, sees how you go about building up your customer base, sees how you make decisions, it just helps them get a lot of confidence. And the thing about the kind of financing I do, which is essentially debt financing, is I don't have to get to know people over a long time. What I'm doing is I'm actually looking at their accounting and I'm judging by the accounting what do their customers think about this business? So I can make a decision fast. I mean, really like within a week, but I am looking at, that's why I need a minimum of six months and, and seeing that the company is getting to, you know, at least a minimal like 15K a month in revenue that really sort of validates to me that the customers are telling me this team is on it. This team understands the product needed in this market space. And so, you know, it's a little different in the two different kinds of areas to do fundraising, but we're all 
really just trying to understand the overall business and not not just the product. And I think maybe just to sum it up, the error I think people do um, maybe in in making startup pitches to either equity investors or debt investors is to focus only on the product as if we were the customers of the product. We're really a customer of your overall business. So we need to understand um, how cash comes in, how many days does it take for you to collect from customers? How much do you have to spend up front to get any customer on board? And we're looking at that cash, cash flow issue. We're all trying to invest in companies that won't run out of cash. Yeah, and that's a good point for a VC pitches as well too, right? They're a, a customer or a partner, if you will, a customer to make money off an investment in your company. So the better you can, you know, tell your story in a way that relates to them and what they're actually actually interested in, they might not really care about some cool feature that you have. <laughs> they care about the business model. They care about the timing in the market. Is it the right, it, you know, is it part of the AI hype curve right now? <laughs> um, you know, do you have a team that has a demonstrated success, you know, and uh, your pitch should always be able to tell that story to them and and help help relate to what their interests are in investing in companies. I guess what other tips do you have for for companies to prepare for fundraising that might help them stand out amongst the crowd? Well, I just talked about the fact that I have to help people understand basic accounting quite often, which I really think that you know the job of being a startup founder is really, really hard and it's quite overwhelming with all the things you need to do. So it's maybe not a big surprise that I talk to startup founders that have no idea what their accounting looks like. They say, oh, someone else is handling that. And the reality is, is that ratios, like what is your gross margin? You know, what is your revenue per customer? What is your concentration? All these different ratios are actually hugely helpful and helping you make good decisions about where to take your company. And so I would say um, it doesn't give investors a lot of confidence when you don't know your own numbers. So that's been something that's really been, you know, I'm doubling down on that in my, in this role. Yep. Yeah. That's a great point. You know, in entrepreneurship, a lot of people think they're just the technical founder or the business guy or the marketing guy, whatever they are. And they, they want to focus on their area of expertise, but uh, to, be, to become a really successful entrepreneur, usually you want to, you're going to want to learn all areas of the business, right? And fortunately for most of us, it, you know, it kind of forces us into that position where you have to learn the finance, you have to learn the legal aspects, but, you know, don't just say I'm the marketing guy, understand what they're doing on the technical side, understand, you know, what contract law looks like. So you're not sending a, signing a bad agreement and any structured deals the right way. Understand, yeah. to your point, the financial health of your company. Are you making money? Can this business model scale? When are you actually going to run out of money? <laughs> like all that tells a story. And especially to investors, they like to look for people that have a strong financial acumen, even if it's not your background, just an understanding of your books and how how the money flows through your business. And a time efficient and cost effective way to get that is to hire a fractional CFO. I've only been working with Lighter about nine months and I have made so many referrals to fractional CFOs because if you can have someone on board that knows this in and out, it can really get you up to speed faster and you don't need that many hours a month of an expert's time for them to help you think through different options of financing, help you understand the timing, help you be able to do the analysis like 
are you properly set up to ever get profitable? There are people that have been in and out of this industry for so long that they can look at what's happening at a really early stage company and say, there's going to be a problem here. We can tell by the way, the amount you're charging and the number of days it takes you to collect on revenues or, or just, you know, really, really early on people with expertise can just see it and help you understand how you could see it if, you know, you knew what to look for. And also they can help you plan all the different capital raises you're going to need. They're really good at helping to think through when is it appropriate for debt? When is it appropriate for equity? What are some of the options? And so just highly, you know, just the way you get an advisor to help you when you're trying to get product market fit. Um, I would encourage people to get an advisor around finance and it can be a fractional controller, a fractional CFO that, you know, when you find the person right for you and who understands what you're doing, exact title is not maybe what I'm meaning to say, but just somebody to really advise you would be great. Yeah, on a strategic level. I agree. Yeah. I have a, I have a, I have a friend that runs a company called Z counting, Andrew Klein. So he's, I, I swear I refer somebody at least once a week because <laughs> I meet so many startup, you know, so many startup founders and a lot of them don't understand the financial aspect of their company. Right. So, you know, I, I'd recommend to them right away. Talk to somebody that knows what they're doing there, especially if you're going into fundraising, you have to know your finance, you have to know your financials, to be able to raise money and you should be competent when you're raising money. Actually, you shouldn't just go out there and raise money if you're not, if you don't know how to manage your company the right way financially. So you end up burning the investor cash and then, you know, you burn your relationships accordingly. So uh, get that straight from day one. Yeah, I agree. And I was talking about the dangers of running out of money. There are a lot of people that could tell you nine months ahead, you're about to run out of money. If they look at what's happening in your books and they can train you to be able to see that. And the time to fix that is, when you have 12 to nine months money available and or maybe you don't have a lot of cash yet because you're so early stage, but they can, you know, people can help you see how not to dig yourself in a big hole. It's unfortunate. I've had a lot of people come and pretty desperately ask me to fund them because they're going to be out of cash next month. And that's something I can't do. That's something no one can do. At that point, that is definitely an equity ask. That is yep. definitely asking somebody who is an angel or a VC to say, there is something really good here. Yes, we've gotten ourselves into trouble, but here's the vision to believe in. Here's what the opportunity is going to be in the future. You're At that point, you're having to get somebody to believe in the long-term story of the future. Yep. Debt investors are looking at your actual books, how you are running the business now. And so we can't rescue you. And it's very frustrating. People get mad at lenders and they say, but I need the money. I'm about to go out of, out of business. Why, why won't you give me the money? But it's unfortunate. That's just the opposite of how we are set up to, to fund companies. We don't take equity We're we're really looking at the cash going in and out of the company and it's okay to be losing money. I mean, Mm-hmm. Lighter capital doesn't have anything against someone who or any company that has a net burn. It's just, are you on track to close the burn? Is the burn yeah. for a very good reason? And there's a future happening here where the customers are coming in on a regular basis as long as there's working capital to keep investing in marketing and sales. Yeah. Then 
the the losses are not as important, but you know we're not able to just rescue somebody out of the situation that they're out of cash. So best thing to do is to be really thinking about what you're going to do for your next cash infusion when you still have 12 months yeah. of burn in cash. Yeah, that's a great point. You got to get ahead of it and you got to be at least a year out. Um, you know, a lot of people take advantage of the fact that, you know, if you come almost out of cash and you come to somebody, they could take a huge chunk of your company or or worse, people look at it as a bailout and they don't want to help you out at that point. So now I've seen it so many times and I hate to see it. So I always recommend, I definitely, you know, agree with you there, you know, stay 12 months ahead of it, you know, just anticipate the future of fundraising. Don't, don't try to do it the last minute because you're not going to be a, not going to be in a good position for it, unfortunately. Can I add a point? Cause I, this is making me just want to say to people watching that, we are not a transactional company. Yes, we're here to lend money, but we really, really believe in helping founders understand their options and to really partner with them. So I am absolutely open to speaking to people at any time. You know, I'm really able to say, here's the difference between where you're at and what equity could do for you or how you could get yourself in a position for equity if you need. Here's how we can help. I'm very honest to say if I can't help and maybe what some other options are. And so, you know, just really encourage people to learn way ahead and don't get themselves in a point where they're only researching because they're in desperate need. I would keep getting educated around financing, especially right now where it can be few and far between to get equity financing. And you really want to be able to manage your own future just in case you can't get the equity round early next year like you're hoping to and that you understand what your options are and because if you put you know all your eggs <laughs> in one hopeful basket that there's going to be an equity round next year maybe maybe not happening um and that would have been a good a uh, bit of advice a couple years ago as well, but it's just particularly important right now. And the good news is companies that are doing well and that are able to validate their revenue models and their total business model, they will get funded. I mean, there is uh, capital sitting in VC funds. You know, there is money to invest and they are ultimately in the job to invest. They can't just hold the money forever and be successful in their jobs. But there is just a real focus on sustainable business models right now. Yep. Totally agree. <laughs> About time too. <laughs> um, so I guess what should entrepreneurs keep in mind uh, with the nuances and differences in pitching, say, an angel versus a VC? How could they better you know, connect with that particular type of investor over the other? Yeah, for debt investors, we're really looking at the financials. So like I said, um, you know, we understand that people are often running really early stage companies. So we do not ding people that turn in financials that we can't understand or that when I ask questions, they don't know, you know, I am. You know, it can happen, but to them, take them if they're on a napkin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it, it happens sometimes, but, you know, sometimes I have to give them some coaching and say, you know, come back to me in a few weeks because you've got to, you know, button this up. But, yep. you know, definitely focus on, you know, customer data and, you know, how 
frequently are people reordering? How long are they keeping their subscriptions running? Is is there any, you know, catch it early if you start to see average length of subscription reduced or, you know, watch the metrics. And so to go to a, a debt investor, we're going to really be looking at do you already have debt? You know, if we already have debt, then that might be a little complicated. We do help people refinance out of um, pretty unfortunate debt structures that companies have gotten themselves into and get them into a better structure where they have longer payback periods so that there's low payments and that the payments are um, moderating, you know, they're fluctuating with, with cash flow and things. But, um, yeah, the difference is we're we're looking at your actuals, and we give very heavy emphasis to the last quarter, um, but we're not reading pitch decks. We're not, you know, we we cannot invest. We can't fund companies based on a story. Um, no matter how much we love the story and the vision that you have, we're here to fuel the stage you're at now, and we need to be able to receive. The monthly payments <laughs> coming back so we're looking at cash these are ious these are just as good as money <laughs> it's a it's a it's a movie joke i guess <laughs> um i guess what are some uh, key investment trends that you see in 2023 and beyond well personally i care a great deal about sustainability so i have noticed that companies um in synthetic biology in renewable energies actually are getting funded and i love seeing that we see the SaaS market being absolutely wonderfully strong you know we are we get companies applying with us all the time that have incredible business models we've really seen not a huge amount of fall off you know companies that are selling b2b and that are providing great value to their enterprise or smb customers we're not seeing a lot of churn. We're not seeing a lot of canceled subscriptions and things. So we're really, we're really positive on B2B software. And, you know, we can fund hardware plus software. We can fund services plus uh, software because we need just 50% gross margin. But I really feel that if you are embedded with the software into a business that no matter what the economy is like, you're providing value Companies got to keep going. They need you to be part of their business. So um, we're still super positive, and I see good financings going on in that area. That's a good point. And you know, the economy's been surprisingly resilient, <laughs> much to the uh, dismay of the Fed. But um, I see money flowing back into the markets. It looks like so. You know, knock on wood. We'll see what happens over the next six months. But the funding environment might clean up a little bit for uh, for entrepreneurs out there looking to raise funding. Yeah, I feel something has really shifted in the last few weeks that maybe people were just sort of frozen for a minute for wait and see, but you can't stay in wait and see mode forever. Like you have to run your business. You're either in business or not. And at some point you have to invest in growing your business. So it feels like things are loosening um, all around with investors and with, you know, customers too. Yeah, I get that feeling too. <laughs> the the data backs it up as well. Um, I've seen some recent reports too that the uh, that kind of show a similar trend too. So it's it's definitely happening for now at least. <laughs> um, I guess what are some of your favorite books that you're reading right now? We always love to talk about 
you know, ideas and places where people can continue to learn and become, you know, more, more well-rounded entrepreneurs, if you will. Uh, what would you recommend? Well, anybody who's ever been in one of my accelerator talks or in one of my classes or watched another webinar with me, they're going to hear the same book because it's <laughs> not just a recent book for me. It's a book I always go back to. I always go back to the 15 commitments of conscious leadership. It's so simple. It's just so profound, but so simple. And it improves your life in your business, outside of your business, just extraordinarily good way to deal with other people. That's great. Yeah, and there's more to more to life than just work, right? A lot of them kind of bleed into each other. So, you know, investing in understanding and helping people uh, kind of goes both ways. So and spreads out into all areas of your life. Absolutely. I, I love this book. I recommend and anybody I've ever recommended it to that took a look and you could go to the book comes out from the conscious leadership group mm -hmm. and they have a website and you can get these 15 commitments there. You can get little videos about them. So there's a lot of way to get these uh, 15 uh, commitments. But I do coaching sometimes. And when I talk to the person I'm coaching about the book, they sometimes go buy it for their entire team mm -hmm. and um, want to, to share it. There's, it's, you know, it's pulling from all kinds of best practices around interpersonal dynamics, you know, nonviolent communication, a lot of this is not exactly all brand new content, but it's really pulled together the sort of the best of in a really nice way. Uh, so goes everything in life. It's just a reinterpretation of something that's been there before. <laughs> yeah, if it works, it works. <laughs> yep. Grab a piece here, grab a piece there, put it together and you got something new, you know, um, that's great. Uh, so I guess, you know, anybody considering, you know, coming to funding for you guys, any any last words you'd like to uh, say to, you know, convince people that they need well, non-delete funding and to not give away all their company up front? <laughs> yeah, well, the only thing that I haven't said yet that is super important is that even though we give three-year financings to companies, we will refinance as soon as six months after the initial finance. So one company has done fine nine financing rounds with us. Many, many companies have done four or five. So we're here to be an ongoing source of capital. We have no application fees, no underwriting fees. So there's no problem to say, I need more working capital as the company is scaling and we just provide it. So we're here to be a partner. Yeah, it's a relationship building that with VCs, angels. Um, if you communicate, if you're upfront with people, and you continue to deliver and build a relationship with them, it becomes easier to, you know, raise more capital in the future, right? Look at them as a partner in your business. Uh, so when it comes to you guys, you know, definitely lighter capital could be a great partner for any company looking to, uh, you know, get some money in the door and uh, have some non-dilutive capital and grow together as a business with them. Absolutely. Um, would love to help. Great. Any other, t anything else happening over the next five years for lighter capital that we should look forward to? Well, we um, just expanded into Australia probably a year ago. And so I'm hopeful we'll go into other countries because, as I mentioned, we need companies now to be based in the U.S., Canada or Australia. So it'd be wonderful to be able to expand our footprint. Great. Well, Leah, appreciate you coming on so much today. I know a lot of people love the topic of funding. I think uh, some people learned a little bit today about the idea of non-dilutive funding and how great of an opportunity it really is. 
Uh, glad that we're partners as well and we can continue to grow our businesses together. Uh, anybody looking for uh, Leah's business and needs non-dilutive funding now, uh, definitely get ahead of it. Uh, go visit it in, uh, in, in Nacho Nacho's B2B SaaS marketplace. We have Lighter Capital listed as a partner there and I highly recommend you check them out. Uh, don't delay either because a lot of times funding can take some time. Uh, you might have to get your books together as well. So um, the sooner the better. Uh, so once again, Leah, thanks for coming on today. And for anybody else, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for the time today. Thank you, Andy. And thanks for everyone who tuned in. Great. Take care.